Kelsey, your head pilot. And I'm Riley. You're listening to Pilot Lights, the podcast where a gal and her pals celebrate their love of weed, snacks, and TV. And welcome to Burn Cruise, our new monthly bonus content for y'all. We are going to be releasing these episodes every month on the 20th, and sometimes it's going to be just me and Riley, but I have a feeling we're going to start peppering some guests in on these, and I'm really excited for that, too. Yeah, I'm super stoked about it. It's always nice sharing a floor, you know, and providing a space for other people to have a voice. Something I love about what we do. Absolutely. And so on this new monthly feature, we have three little segments that aren't us watching TV. We talk about where Riley reviews a recipe. So basically, we talk about the things we're eating. And then we read your listener stoner stories. And then we close out by talking about the other TV that is not pilot episodes that we have been watching. So what have you been eating, Riley? Okay, so literally right before we started recording, I was housing some tuna noodle casserole. Well, no. Which Kelsey hates. Um, so much. I love it. It's such a deep comfort food for me. So I actually wanted to share Kelsey's, my captive audience. So. Oh, goody show and tell for kelsey and for those of you who are actually watching and if you are watching we love you yes thank you and if you're only listening and you want to be watching you can do that over on patreon.com forward slash pilot lights for as little as literally a dollar a month you get all our video episodes and it like will pay for itself essentially in enjoyment yes like you're giving us a tip every once in a while yeah you know and we'll send you like mail and stuff you know things like that but okay sticker of the month five dollars enough yeah so show me what you got so for those of you listening i am holding a giant photo album for those yeah, of you watching are. this is a photo album that i've lovingly titled my dad being weird <laughs> it's literally like just photos of my dad being weird both before i was born as well as while i was born great the first chapter of the book is all of my dad's food so i like compiled all of the photos that he t- took of food and your dad was like the original insta hipster except that nothing was insta back in the day pose everything and he would use disposable cameras and so these are the tiny little four by six the really like kind of small ones yeah and the first picture is literally tuna noodle casserole so you were inspired by your dad yeah and also inspired by what i can get at a dollar store fair so every single item of that casserole was from the dollar store i love that and it was like all brand name. Mm-hmm. So it was just like two cans of cream of chicken soup, two cans of tuna, half a box of elbow macaroni. I used cavatappi. A can of mixed veggies or yep. any veggies you want. Corn's a really good one. Just like corn and carrots. Like yep. just as the main is also really good. I like peas a lot. So I like to have the one with peas. I was going to say, I feel like tuna noodle casserole needs, needs peas. Needs to have peas. Yeah. Gaston disagrees. Gaston hates peas and I love peas. Gaston could just get over it and pick out their peas like a grown-up. But then I just topped it with shredded cheese and breadcrumbs. Nice. I'm not joking when I say literally every single item from the dollar store. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's how I grew up, was eating stuff that was fallen on a budget. Mm -hmm. It tasted good, it stuck to the ribs, made you feel good while you were eating it, but didn't like break the bank for my parents. And the only other recipe, like, I wish I could literally go through this with you and just describe, like, I'll briefly recap the things. Okay. In these pictures. But the other dollar store thing that I wanted to bring up, he used to get pork chops really cheap from a local butcher that he was buddies with. They would trade them. He would stop at Dunkin' Donuts on Sunday mornings on his way home from doing overtime, and he would bring him Dunkin' Donuts in exchange for a discount on meat. Great. 
fair trade. But he would get pork chops and he would take a cup of ketchup, one cup of Coca-Cola and brown sugar. And he would just basically mix that together, drench the pork chops and yep. roast them in the oven for like an hour at 350. Or he would get boneless ribs and do that. And I just remember like growing up with that flavor and just absolutely loving it and it's just absolute junk to put in your body but it's so tasty we had that a lot too when i was a kid and you know my feelings about ketchup and it's largely based on like these like budget meals that have ketchup at their base it's because i just like i get what my mom was trying to do she was broke i get it but at the same time i'm just like no (sighs) it doesn't phase me now at all like it was just the way it always was I never do anything really different like my mom made really good high quality food she would go get fresh pasta because like my mom would get a bonus every other Thursday yeah and she would use that on making a really good meal yeah and she was very good at it but like we didn't always have enough money like sometimes it was just chef boyardee right yeah I mean my mom my mom was a person who knew how to cook and she knew how to stretch food like she grew up super poor too and so she we also had like intense gardens in my life as a kid and so there were always vegetables oh because she canned everything but the way it worked in my house is that we kept all of our canned vegetables in our terrifying basement because this is like a farmhouse oh, of course. built in the 1800s yeah. right Duh, that's and where they belong. right and so she would send me down every night and she would be like get this vegetable nah bro would you just grab whatever you like touched first and run uh-huh that's what yeah. I would do. It would be like green beans for a month. I'd be like, it would be fine. like pickles on a Tuesday, you know, and like, <laughs> because I just like couldn't go, I could not bring myself to go back down there. I was like such a kid who was into scary things. And our basement was the only place on earth that scared me. Would you go into it now? No. Seriously? It was one of those old like stone walled, like the stairs had no backs on them. I was certain that something was going to creep out from under there. The only light was like downstairs that was like a pole situation. Yep. Uh, so this reminds so this reminds me of the farmhouse that my grandmother lived in that I like spent a lot of time in growing up. But it's this old farmhouse, very similar basement situation. And it was absolutely haunted because it was the home of a headmaster for the Connecticut. This is what it was called then was the Connecticut School for Imbeciles. Oh, and right. To bring home the special cases of these children that were, you know, largely just undiagnosed, but some of them were like in the middle of schizophrenic breaks and were right. bananas. And there were things carved into the windowsills, and my grandfather used to have razor blades thrown at his face. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Anyways. That house was not haunted. I was just real fucking scared of it. And like, I left at a very impressionable age. We were, I was 11 when we moved. And so, yeah. like, you know that scene in Home Alone where Kevin is looking at the furnace that's, like, getting bigger mm. and, like, going to eat him? That's how I feel about that basement still. <laughs> I feel that way about the basement in... So when I lived in Pepperell Mills, mm-hmm. yeah, I managed to get into one of the basements, which had cathedral ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. Which was wild yeah and i had snuck down there i mean nothing said private do not enter right you weren't doing so, anything wrong i definitely did not belong there um <laughs> and we got down to this basement and there's these like giant giant bookshelves just filled with shit like toilets parts of refrigerators but not whole refrigerators just like right. random odds and ends right and then at the very end of this literal cathedral size room this big like glowing bright 
bright light. And so me and this kid I was hadn't hooked up with, but hooked up with for a year after this, we're tiptoeing towards this thing. And then all of a sudden it turns on and I screamed and like ran in place and went, like, and just like shot off and in the dark. And he turns and he's like, you left me to die. Yeah, 100%, by the and way. Mind you, like, I was 28 and he was 37. <clears throat> well, you know. Yeah. Actually, maybe he's not that old. Either way. That basement was just like, I was certain that the clown from It lived down there. Like, it was no good maybe, for anybody. I mean, maybe. Right. Who knows? But, anyways, like, I grew up with the dollar store stuff. Like, in looking at, like, all the food that my dad made in, mm-hmm. in this album, I can see that, like, even though he didn't have much, he cared about what he did have and, like, wanted to document, like, I can do this thing well and I can do it, like, cheaply. Like, there's a taco pie and there's a yep. photo of this because he got his recipe for taco pie in the Reader's Digest. That's awesome. I... You know? Yeah. Like, and I he super... Would, like, set up the food scenes, like, super bizarrely. Like, there's one where it's like, chicken alfredo on a paper plate, but then it's on a chair that's in the middle of the kitchen yeah well my mom you know obviously was cooking pre-internet times right and so i remember for christmas one year i organized her recipes that were just like thrown in boxes and like put them in albums and like made them accessible and like she was like crying over it that's amazing yeah Yeah, because it's like, you know, obviously you don't just like Google a recipe like you do now. I'm a big fan of the website Budget Bites. It's B-Y-T-E-S. She has done several like food stamp challenges, but she also breaks all of her recipes down by cost. Gives you some tips on like saving money and stuff like that. So I make a lot of her recipes like because they're super easy but they're also like pretty flavorful and healthy. But again, all stuff that you can get on a budget, you know. Well, I'll have to check that out. I'm always looking for something else. I usually just like use Pinterest and then come up with like the cheap dollar store big lots equivalent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of like like this is transferable, you know. Like yeah, maybe chicken sauce. I'll use cream of chicken soup. That's fine, you know. Right. I'm falling on a budget, but I always like accent. So whenever I do something like that for people listening and want a tip. Bouillon cubes are a really easy way to add better flavor Yeah. when you're using something like a cream of chicken soup. If you want to make it palatable and make it actually taste like chicken and make it into this better flavor to coat whatever you're tossing in it, just melt a bouillon cube into it. And yeah. It's a game changer. Like, I put bouillon almost everything I make. Well, in the That's tradition so of French people turning their trash into delicious foods, I made French onion soup this week. Uh, <laughs> Well, sweet onions were on sale for like two bucks a bag for three pounds of onions. So I bought two. Yeah. And then I like to make my own croutons, but the mini Italian loaves are like the perfect size. Yeah, they are. For like a pan of croutons. So those are 99 cents. And then I do use like boxed beef stock, which is more expensive, but like, again, you can totally use bouillon or even that better than bouillon stuff is real fucking delicious and it's only a little bit more. And because I always have red wine kicking around the house, I just threw a couple glugs of red wine in there with some thyme and a bay leaf and like let it simmer and threw a handful of croutons and some cheese and melted it in the the broiler. And I'm so happy. I literally have food for a week now, too. I 
roast my onions until they caramelize. So I do them like low and slow in a big crock in my oven and I just stir them every hour. See, you're smart. I literally put six pounds of onions into a saucepan with half a stick of butter and put them on low and come back and stir them every once in a while. And I think I started around 10 a.m. yesterday and I finally added wine right before my two o'clock meeting. So how many hours is that? Four. Mine takes, I think, a little longer than that. Mine takes six. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look at my recipe, but I think mine takes six. But it's just like, I don't have to, I can literally walk away from it. I don't have to worry about leaving something on the stove. Yeah. My stove randomly turns off for safety issues anyway, so I wouldn't have stayed on. It just would have turned off the burner. Yeah. I mean, my office is right next to the kitchen. Like, I get up to go pee. I just stir the onions yeah. type of thing. I am very lucky that I do have that capability. But yeah, in the grand tradition of French people taking their trash and making it into delicious food. <laughs> Are you just referencing ratatouille? I mean, I'm just referencing French cuisine in general. They eat fucking snails as long as you put a... I was going to say escargot. I was going to say, as long as you put enough red wine, butter, and garlic on something, and like onions, who cares? That's pretty much how I cook a lot of the time. Same like, geez. I've had escargot and I've liked it because it's just like, it's just like eating oily, garlicky mush. Yeah, no, it's like eating a mushy breadstick. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very weird texture. It, it is a weird texture, which you would you would think that me of all people would hate. Yeah, I like it. But I ate and it, I it as when a I was like a little kid. Same. I, I think it was like a an eighties, early nineties like fancy food. Yeah, it was. My mom was that person who had dinner parties. Yeah. My mom was different with her money than my dad, obviously. A lot of what I was talking about was my dad's style of cooking after my mom died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom spent a lot of her money on, like, very fancy food because she didn't have a car. So yeah. very often, if my dad was working late, she only had access to the places she could walk to. Yeah. Which was a fresh pasta shop, a Jewish deli. Yes. And I think, like, a little German, not bakery, it was a little German, like, grocery store. Mm-hmm. Those were her options. But we were able to get, like, a ton of European food in the 90s. Oh, and there's a health food store. So she was able to get caviar and stuff that, like, people in that area had never seen. Yeah, there was, like... This is the middle of nowhere, upstate New York at this time, which is now a booming place, but it was not then. I'm from the middle of nowhere, Maine, where there is, like, no fine dining whatsoever. And my mom worked in probably the most fine dining establishment mm -hmm. as a breakfast cook for most of her life growing up. But I do remember that, like, a French, like, a fancy French restaurant opened in town when I was a kid. And, like, mom made sure to take us there. But And, like, French food was as sort of foreign as it got for me until college. Because it was what my mom knew. And, like, we grew up so close to Montreal. But, yeah. like, that was, like, foreign food for us. But then when I, like, went off to college, I had sushi for the first time. And, like, now I love Thai food and Vietnamese food and Korean and stuff like that. But, like... My mom didn't try sushi until I was probably 30. Wow. Yeah. Whereas, like, in 1998, my mom, I don't know how old my mom was, but I was eight years old, and that was the first time I had had sushi, and I had gone with her as a kid. I didn't, I didn't have sushi until my freshman year at Florida State. What year was that? 2001. Okay. So, yeah, yep. just a few years after I tried it for the first time. And this place was, like, tiny. It had just opened. It was in a tiny, like, sad basement spot in Massachusetts right over the border. It's bougie as fuck now. Instantly, that town and this restaurant. This restaurant has blown up since then. But I was in Tallahassee, Florida. 
But my friend Jordan, like I went to Florida State. I had lots of friends who were not so sheltered white kids. And so introduced me to a lot of food. Incidentally, Jordan lives in New Hampshire now. Went to visit her recently. Yeah. So you want to move on to some stoner stories? Yeah, I do actually. I'm so excited. So you're going to read the first one. So for our listeners, if you want to give us your stoner stories to read on the show, because that would be pretty fucking magical for everybody involved, you can send them to pilotlights at gmail.com and put stoner stories in the subject line. Happy to keep you anonymous if you don't want us to tell your name. Or you can give us your name and we're happy to share that too. But we also have a contact page on our website, pilotlights.com, where you can like click a little drop down menu and it'll tell us that you're submitting a stoner story. So I'm really excited for you to read this first one. Me too. (laughs) Am I reading both this one and the second one? You're going to read this one. I'll read the second one. I have to get into character. I've been doing conflict resolution training all day, and I literally have had to role play my ass off for two days straight. That sounds like not the kind of role play I want in my life right now. Tomorrow I have to pretend to be an angry camp director named Regina. Well, tonight you have to pretend to be fucking Ruskay. Perfect. Hey, yeah. Fucking Russ guy here, stoner story time. It was my second 420 celebration that I spent with my buddy Mike, which is also his birthday. On this day, we hung out at his apartment, Selena, and then he told me about this crawl space in his room. We crawled in, we smoke a few bowls, the usual stoner stuff. Behind him, I noticed this big old white trash bag. I had asked what was inside and a big grin came over his face. It's a frog, my dude. A what? I replied. He hurriedly grabbed the bag and he opened it and the contents of the bag revealed that it was indeed a frog, a frog mascot outfit. (laughs) Do you want to try it on? He said, you would imagine my reply. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I was so high and so jazzed. He lived near Main Street in Brunswick. He asked if I wanted to go grab a hot dog in the park and maybe stop by Bull Moose to grab a new movie. Because we watched (laughs) Selena. (laughs) And you need a new movie after that? Yeah. I, I would need something happier. I happily obliged under one condition. The costume stayed on. We walked around the mall. Right around, right as we were about to enter Bull Moose, a small child ran over to me and yelled, Froggy! And hugged me. Can you imagine being high and having to interact with a small child in a frog costume? I will, however, say that while walking my dog on Easter in a bunny suit, I was asked by a dad and his child if they could take a photo of me, and I was absolutely high. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yo, I was so fucking blazed, and I didn't even care. I just gave the kid a pat on the head. Then her mom walks up and asks for a picture. <laughs> I took it with her. I'm not a monster, but I was so fucking high. I was so awkward. I kept walking, and then it would happen again. I thought it would have a Bloodhound Gang moment, and I ended up having an amusement park <laughs> character day. I went back to Mike's and we got super baked again and ate some Red Baron pizza and watched South Park. Never got that hot dog picture for proof. And I'm going to post this on our Instagram. Dude, that frog costume is like not even cute. <laughs> and it's and like, so we know this person, y'all. This is, this is my friend Aaron, who I've known forever. And you can see right through the little mesh, Aaron's little like stoned eyes oh being God, like, like so yo, red. my dude, I'm gonna have a bloodhound gang moment in this frog costume. Like, <laughs> not realizing what kind of can of worms were open. No. Jesus fucking Christ. It's so perfect. It's very on brand. It's so on brand for oh, for fucking Ruskay. If, if you're listening, if you ever want to, like, have a Zoom hangout with a group of people, I would love to actually get to know you. 
Oh, right. I don't yet, and it's sad. I've met you in person maybe once. So Aaron is everyone's weird Aquarius friend. Like, when people are like, Aquarians are weird, and you go, like, yeah, yeah, that's who you're talking about. My Venus is an Aquarius, and I think that explains a lot. It does actually explain a lot. And Aaron has a quadrillion sisters, and they all look exactly the same, including Aaron's twin. Oh my god. They're all the same. It's so confusing. And then sometimes, because they're all living at home because of COVID right now, except now they're all finally moving out and mom is probably so happy. But Aaron and Em are still living at home right now. And so sometimes I get like drunken Snapchats from like all the sisters. I once got put on drunk FaceTime with them and I was like, I don't know what to do. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, fucking Reskai, for the most absurd story. Like, how did you accidentally turn into a furry for a day, bro? Oh my god. I really want to... Be a furry wanna, for a day? When, no, I want to hang out on onesies outside, because I just love the idea of making somebody's day. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. I thought... <laughs> you know, go ask your sweetie about living with a furry. Oh, we've talked about it. Oh my god. This... Well, I also got that same sweetie to wear a matching bunny suit with me in like our second week of right but their landlord furry situation for a minute there was so intense and i called it within 30 seconds of walking in the building for the first time i was like do you know okay so we have one more stoner story for you and this one was asked to be anonymous for work it was dm to us on insta so you can also dm us your stories like slide on into those dms i will read them so this listener says, I'm going to name this person. What's a good gender neutral name? All I can come up with is Chase and that feels wrong. Taylor. Okay, we'll go with Taylor. You could be Taylor Swift. You could be Taylor from the Twilight movies. Those are two very different Taylors. Whatever you want to do. One of you could be a cheerleader and one of you could wear weird t-shirts and sneakers. I don't know. Taylor Swift has a whole song about it. <laughs> go look it up yeah it's fine you know it you know it you can sing it everyone can it's fine same but you still can yeah and I inevitably do every time I hear it on the radio for even like two seconds I might sing it now if we don't hurry up and read this story one time I was sitting at home with the windows open we had just moved into the house so still getting used to the new sounds and whatnot. I was smoking a ton of weed at that point in time and I had just smoked a whole fat joint to my face. Well, I'm sitting there minding my own business and all of a sudden I start hearing trumpets in the sky. What? I was raised in a pretty religious family and I had convinced myself that these were the trumpets of the angels from the book of Revelation. Can you imagine? I had a panic attack. Until I remembered that the new place was pretty close to a railroad crossing and that the train was just signaling. But I swear to God, I heard seven trumpets. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love being high and being very confused about what is happening in your like surroundings. For me, being high is synonymous with how my ADHD manifests half the time. Real. Some weeds make it better, some weeds make it worse. But the other night, I had been microdosing all day. I wasn't stoned in the moment. 
but I'm sitting there and I'm holding a joint and I'm holding a lighter in the same hand and I'm looking for the lighter for like five minutes. Like I get out of the car, I'm looking everywhere for the lighter because the whole time my brain was going, you only hold one thing with this hand, not two. Because right. I was passively holding the lighter. And right. Holding the joint. So my brain was like, one item, one thing. And then I just looked down and I was like, Molly, I have the lighter in my hand. I am the queen of looking for sunglasses that are on my head. Can I tell you the worst part about that lighter? Sorry huh. to bring it back around. Was it dead? No. So I had gone to one of my favorite dispensaries and I told them that our car had just gotten robbed in the head. I hadn't told you this yet. Um, our car was broken into and robbed yesterday. <sighs> but they stole all of our lighters. <laughs> And so I was picking up my curbside dispensary order. I was like, yeah, do you guys have any lighters that I can like buy or even a book of matches? Like somebody broke into our car and stole all of our lighters. I mean, and other stuff, but like, that's the problem right now is we don't have a lighter. And he comes out, he's like, man, I'll just give you a lighter on me. And he like comes out, he gives me a lighter. And then we go to leave. And that's when I have the lighter in my hand and the joint in the hand and I can't find the lighter. And then I find one in my pocket. <gasps> I found it, a second one. <laughs> the whole time I thought I didn't have a lighter and I got this free lighter because of that but I had one in my pocket the entire time so I'm gonna go back and insist that they let me buy a lighter and be like can I please just please just pay you for one of these that sounds about right I mean we get we get given a lot of lighters for the podcast between like Scentsy Box and like the distributors we were and like it just we I have like a whole drawer full of them but I bought so at Five Below. Um, they've got those little three drawer organizer things that are like four dollars a piece, and they have them in pink. So I have two of those. What do you do? And one whole drawer is lighters, <laughs> like stuffed to the gills. Yeah. But I let Chef Friend borrow my car for their brother's wedding. Because it was a whole situation. Like, they were trying to leave town to go to their brother's wedding, who I, like, love their brother. Basically, might as well be my brother at this rate. You know, like... And they got a flat tire. Like, chef friend got a flat tire, like, literally trying to leave town. And so they were like, can we just switch cars with you, like, for the weekend? Like, we'll take yours. You can have ours. Like, you can go to the grocery store if you need to. But, like, this way we can drive far for a wedding. And I was like, yes, just take my car. They returned my car, and I could not find a lighter anywhere. Oh, yeah. I remember getting in your car and trying to find a lighter, and we couldn't. Oh, my God, Grafton. Don't do that. Graf, no. No. Come here. No. Don't do that. Come For here. those of you listening, he just tried to jump at the tassel of a hanging plant against the sheet that is hung delicately behind Kelsey. And he is wearing a stupid turtleneck, and I've been I making fun of him for it all day. Um, you have one as well that reminds me of that one. I would like you both to wear them. <laughs> well, okay. So also for listeners, my kiddo has transitioned in the last couple of weeks. I think I mentioned this on the episode that's coming out next week for you guys. But like in recording time, we're recording after. And we ordered just like some really basic dresses from Kohl's and I was skimming over one and she picked out this like mock neck long sleeve rib jersey oh hell yeah black with like big pink and white flowers on it it's like the ultimate oh. goth girl dress oh my god and she left the house wearing it today 
with like a lot of my friends offered up clothing which a lot did not fit her she is so awkwardly sized because like boy puberty is real and has happened and so she's got like giant shoulders but like is tall and kind of skinny but then is also like weirdly chubby it's like fun and fine and like bodies are fun so the clothes that she was given that she kept one was like a jersey dress but that same person also gave her a deathly hollows scarf situation and so she left the house today in like black leggings black docks this pink and black floral mock neck turtle long sleeve dress today and a deathly hollow scarf and i was just like one of us i'm so proud (laughs) like clearly you have been looking at my wardrobe (laughs) but what's amazing is that like to already have fashion sense because trying to dress yourself as someone that you're not is so hard well right and she like like, mostly wears black what i know that i want to wear this is what i like right and she like mostly wears black anyway because she's on the autism spectrum and she knows that black matches with black which matches with black and so she doesn't have to worry about it and so like most she requests like mostly black and gray clothing for the most part so like that's what we bought but this dress is like so cute and every time she comes downstairs and i'm like and she's gonna let me schedule an appointment when my hairdresser gets back from maternity leave to like at least deal with the dead ends you know so great yeah so yeah anyway there's my cute kid story for the week what have you been watching for tv anything exciting yes the mysterious disappearance of elisa lamb tell me more about this where is it what is it so it takes place at the Cecil Hotel. It's a documentary <gasps> series. Right. Okay. I know who she is. I've listened to a lot of stories about her recently. Mm-hmm. She's the girl that was playing the elevator game. Yeah. Well, Maybe. Well, that's like one of the many theories that they have. But they found um, her in the in the water tower. In the water tank on the ceiling. Or on the roof. So one of the theories, though, is they were able to like focus in on the timestamp and they realized 53 seconds of that video is missing. Oh. And I just kept watching it and mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Like I already knew the entire story. Yeah. Gaston did not. <gasps> so Gaston didn't know about the part where the couple gets like, they take a bath in her tea. Ooh, her and, dead like, girl tea. Like, and all that stuff. And like Gaston had no idea that that was going to happen. Like, they knew just, like, right. found in water tank. Like, that was the extent of their knowledge with it. So it was just really funny to, like, watch this unfold. I haven't finished it yet, but it's... So Netflix? Netflix. It's okay. beautifully shot. It's engaging. It's it's amazing. I'm yeah. almost done with my terrible reality show that I'm going to talk about in a second. Oh, no. We've also been watching Bee and Puppy Cat which I know I was telling you about. On YouTube, right? It's on YouTube, yeah. It's Cartoon Hangover. It's animated by Natasha Allegri, who's also worked on Adventure Time, and I think she's also worked on not Gravity Falls, but Steven Universe. I think Steven Universe, yeah. Yeah, I saw a few episodes of it with my roommate and his sweetie. It's real cute. It's so cute, and it's definitely more for adults. Like, in the first episode, she smacks somebody in their crotch, and she's just, like... Yeah. Ridiculous. I also really like the representation in that because she's um, 
is very much portrayed as someone who might be on the spectrum. Her understanding of the world and how like things operate and how she operates. And I think that kind of inclusion is really cool. And for her to have a best friend that looks like a weird puppy cat situation is also really adorable. The whole thing. And puppy cat was sent from outer space and basically they fight aliens. <laughs> like I don't know how else to explain it. But it's super wholesome. It's really, really cute. I definitely recommend it to anybody who just wants to cheer up. Yeah, I definitely liked what I saw from my roommates. It was cute. It's, like It's precious. And Netflix just picked it up. It's going to be in production, released in 2022. Perfect. Love that. Anything else? No, those are just the two main ones and always Bob's Burgers and Criminal Lines. Duh. Yeah. So I finished 90 Day Fiance. Oh my God. How many seasons? Seven-ish. Nine spinoffs? I finished one spinoff. Oh, okay. Which was 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, question mark. And the answer is no one was happy at all, ever. Never again is anyone happy. I mean, so, some of them are, a lot of them are still married and have kids. Yeah, now they have kids, but, like, they fight on every tell-all. Like, normally I don't even like the tell-alls, but now the tell-alls are, like, what I live for. Because the, everyone is, like... A disaster at every single one. And according to some slap friends, aka Tina Machina, who's sweetie, one of her sweeties got her into the 90 Day Fiance franchise. Oh, one of the spinoffs is like where an older couple comments on like the newer couples, like while it like kind of like what we do. Oh my god. And then there's one where like the people comment on their comments, like the couples. And I'm like, oh, this is too much. So I haven't, I haven't gone down that wormhole yet. You will though. I know you. I might. I'm considering it. So there's two non-reality TV shows that I've been watching with P and she and I have been watching Travelers, which I think I mentioned on the last Burn Cruise. And it's like a yeah. sci-fi show there's three seasons and so we're sort of like slowly working our way through that it's fun it's got the main guy from will and grace though Aaron, eric mccormick which is yeah. like weird to see him in something else to the point that i like googled his name to make sure i was thinking of the right guy when he showed up oh my god i was like is this yeah that's the guy from will and grace rory and i still haven't finished the stand because we suck but i haven't either i've gotten up to the third episode in my head we're going to get there. P and I just finished on Netflix, Fate the Wink Saga. Oh, you finished it now? Okay. Here's the fucking problem. Uh, that bitch is only six episodes. Oh. It feels like I got cut off in the middle of a season. I was so pissed when we got to the last episode oh, last oh night. Oh, my God. Like, angry. <laughs> like, yelling at my child and blaming her for this. And she's like, I didn't Why would it. you let me do this? I got invested. Yeah, it... So rude. Obviously, it's going to continue. There's going to be more seasons. But, like, Netflix, why did you only release six episodes? I needed more. Because they don't want you to cancel your subscription. Listen, Netflix, I have been a loyal customer for 15 years. You're fine. Yeah, right. Oh, God, it has been that long. I literally ah. remember bringing my child home from the hospital and getting all the Sex and the City DVDs and watching yeah. them with subtitles on because my baby was napping. So, and my baby is now like six feet tall. So, yeah, that's real. And then, okay, so the reality show that I got myself super invested in is called Bring It. It's from Lifetime. Right. 
over last weekend, they took a bunch of seasons off. So right now there's only one season available. It's season five. It's on Hulu. It is about a high school-aged black hip-hop majorette dance troupe based out of Jackson, Mississippi, coached by a woman named Miss Diana. And then it's really about the parents. It's like kind of like black dance moms. I really like the sound of that. Um, The kids are so fucking talented it's banana pants and the moms have so much drama it's so much fun to watch i've learned more about love watching dancing same i've learned more about black hair in three seasons of this show than literally anything else i've ever seen on tv and they don't even explicitly talk about it it's just a thing that exists you know because literally everyone should be right exactly Exactly, but, like, as a white girl, like, and this is as a white girl who has, like, friends and cousins who have adopted black babies who have had to learn about black hair, but, like, I've never needed to, and I've learned more from this show than, like, my whole 37 years of life experience. I mean, that's something I've loved about TikTok is Mm -hmm. it's the most diverse social media that I consume. Yeah. It's more diverse than Instagram and, you know, what's right. on there. It gives me a randomized, tailored view of the world that I've created for myself. So I'm able to like creators and it informs yeah. what shows up. And so as a result, I follow a lot of POC creators. And I've also learned a ton about, like, their hair care and skin care. Yeah. Because it's just stuff that's not spoken about. With like, I mean, we don't need to know. But at the same time, like, right, but like- we should know. Right, but like about significance to somebody else. But black women that. could probably tell you all about white hair and skincare oh, because because of Cosmo and, and like Vogue. Also, all they've ever been provided has been the white perspective. Right, exactly, and so like, I'm really digging this show because the kids are so talented. I mean, and then the moms are bananas, and like, so that's fun to watch. But also, like, again, the kids are so talented. <laughs> I have yeah. learned, I've realized that my reality TV consumption needs to be. People dating and making terrible life decisions or following a really specialized community. I don't really particularly care what the community is, you know? So, I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever watched Breaking Amish? I keep almost putting it on our list. We should put it on the list. Okay. Well, so, okay. So, we had... I've seen that one, but I've seen another one that's about Rumspringa, and it was... So Rumspringa is like fascinating to me. The drama is amazing. It's a really interesting, like sort of peek at the life. It, yeah, I find it very fascinating. Okay, well, so we were supposed to have a guest in February that didn't end up working out because we just got our wires a little bit crossed. But she's going to be joining us for March, and I've been saving Love Island Australia for her. You're gonna get hooked to that. I know you are. Oh, I know, and I cannot <laughs> wait. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> There's a lot of bring it, but these kids are really talented, and I've learned a lot about. And I just have like a lot of thoughts about the crossover between this like majorette hip hop culture and like drag queens because there's like a lot of death drops and like a lot of. The other team's coaches are, like, black southern queens. And so, yeah, I'm just really curious about the crossover, but I also don't have anyone to super chat about that with because, you know, my only southern reference is still a white person. And, like, 
so my sweetheart knows one of the other coaches that's like oh, featured wow. on the show. Yeah, because they like feature the other cities, and one of these coaches mm-hmm. shows up like a bunch over the seasons. And so my sweet, and like you know how queer communities are. If you are yep. queer in a city, you probably know every other queer. And so my sweetie is queer and in Nashville and so knows this person. And most of the other teams are led by like Southern Queens. And so I'm really curious about like the crossover of those two worlds of like drag, particularly drag in the South, particularly drag performed by POC. And then the hip hop major at dance world. And then like what the white queens are stealing from them. Which is pro tip everybody listening in it's all of it right and like this is how like like, this is how things like death drops filter down into the queer community and white people start knowing about them and that's something that needs to be talked about more is the fact that sorry white gay men not sorry but like white gay men very often obtain and latch onto something that is not theirs which is particularly like black southern women culture so very much exploit that for their own benefit with drag and it's not talked about no it needs to be No, and we do have a lot of friends starting locally to have those conversations, which are really lovely. And so, yeah, and they're like happening on our Facebook walls and stuff like that right now. And while it's really hard to have those conversations and be called out, it's also a really necessary thing that we, particularly as white queers, do is like really look at where our quote unquote queer queer culture is coming from. Because guess what? It's always black women. Yeah. We are always stealing from black women, and we should stop. Stop. We have to talk about it to stop it, too, because you don't always, you don't know until somebody says something. Right, and, like, I had no idea this this thing that I've known through drag culture, particularly, like, RuPaul and stuff like that, who obviously is a person of color, but also has very complicated trans narratives and, like, very complicated, like, relationship with the queer community. Like, I know about death drops from Drag Race, right? Like, that's how I know what that is. And, like, when a white queen can do that shit, like, everyone loses their shit, you know? But when a black queen can do that, it's expected, first of all. And where the shit did that come from? Mindset to have, too. Right. Right. And so it's, like, super complicated. And what we're saying is, like, you're, you're, like, listening in to the messy process of, like, white girls unpacking to this. And so, like, we probably are fucking it up. Don't, don't take us as authorities on this. But at the same time, these messy conversations, particularly between white folks, are really necessary because we are responsible for doing our own work on this subject and not relying on the people of color in our life. Sorry, I'm so having... So basically, like, don't ask somebody of color to explain it to you you have google right you know they've already like gone through enough and done enough we don't need to ask for additional labor right exactly and so yeah if you are a person who also has thoughts and feelings about that and you want to share them with me you are absolutely fucking welcome to like email us i would love to continue this conversation i am obsessed with this show i only have a few more episodes left to watch again there's only one season left on hulu they just literally took two seasons off over the weekend (laughs) but it's real good yeah and i really want to listen to whatever discourse comes out of that i would love to hear a conversation with you and somebody else talking about that show yeah i mean and like right now i'm probably and like obviously i don't have notes or anything but like i'm probably too high to have like a real conversation about it but i also like this is what i think about when i consume media 
you know, yeah. and this is sort of the th- and this is like what critical thinking is, folks. Like it's not picking apart everything. It's you going, okay, like wow, I didn't know this thing came from here. Let me learn more about said thing and let me learn more about how it came into my life. So, that being said, I made fun of my child for like the lyrics of some song today and she goes, "Actually, I think about I think this song is about industrialization in the West." And I was just like, "I'm done here." <laughs> Oh my god. I was like, I have nothing left to say for you. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that happened while I was driving her to her dad's today and I just started cracking up and she was like, What? And I was like, I I have no more responsibility here. I'm done parenting. You can take it from here, kid. Yeah, you're fine. You got it. Actually the songs I think about the industrialization of the West and it's like, you're good. What song was it? I don't know. It was something from like a video game or like a musical about a video. I don't even know. I wasn't paying attention. My Spotify gets all invested. My Spotify gets really fucked up when she's in my car. Like, can't you just hook up your iPhone? Like, can't you? It works. Like, why do you have to use my Spotify? Because then you ruin my algorithms and like. In the middle of my Beyonce playlist, I get these weird musicals happening. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, that's happened with mine. Or like... Which I'm not mad about. Let me Acapella. <laughs> Lots of it. Yes. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so, folks, if you like that new episode, please make sure you are subscribed to Pilot Lights wherever you are listening And if you have a second, please log into Apple Podcasts, that purple icon on your phone or iTunes, and leave us a review. It like super duper helps us on the business end of things. And please come back every Wednesday at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our new episodes where we get high, eat snacks, and watch the pilot episodes of your favorite TV shows. And you can join us on Patreon for as little as a buck a month where you'll see our faces for the video versions of these episodes. And you'll also get Dab 8 Club, which I am so excited about February Dab 8 Club. We're recording it in just a couple days. And we are going to do a deep dive into local lore and cryptids. Which... And if you join us at the $5 and up level, you will be in our sticker of the month club. So far, we have super cute hologram logo stickers for January. Super cute hologram nug stickers from the Sweet Blooded for February. And I know that in March, we are going to be working with a awesome artist out of Baltimore. Okay. Anyway, our pal Elise has... She's a mental health worker. She's a social worker. And she's also an incredible artist who does really fun doodles around mental health. So we have a really fun sticker from her coming for the month of August. For the month of August. For the month of March. Wow. And we only got 25 of those. So get in soon to make sure you get your March sticker. They're so great. I love them so much yeah and they're like huge too these ones are really yeah, they big are. They're so very so yeah anyway thank you guys so much for joining us for burn cruise and we'll talk to you later yeah we'll talk bye. To you later. bye